Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM. Let's create. What, what? He is the face of CMT. He hosts CMT. Um, he does after midnight radio show at CMT. My podcast is usually fearless, amazing, incredible women, but I do have exceptions. And Cody Allen is one of those exceptions because he is an incredible man that I am so inspired by. So I have to feature him. We talk about his journey to radio. Um, getting to Nashville, getting to CMT, and he recently, in the past couple of years, came out gay. And we talk all about that journey and how it has been so freeing and just the whole the whole experience of really living, living authentically and owning who you are and the bravery it took to do that and how loving and accepting everyone has been in response to him coming out. And it's such an incredible story. I'm so grateful that he trusted me to do this interview and y'all are going to be so inspired by Cody Allen. Here he is. Are you rewrite my theme song? Getting real with Caroline Hobby. Getting real. Get, 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 get real. I love the deep breaths in between. Real. (laughs) I mean like. Britney of me was that? People are thinking we're going to do like a real country podcast here. They just heard me to Britney Spears. Well, I mean, you're you're giving her a run for her money. Let's be, (laughs) let's be real about it. We are getting real here. I'm so, I'm so happy to be back with you, Cody. You You know, you're one of my faves. I have a special place in my heart for you. You know this. Don't just say that. You say that to everybody. I don't. 
do I say that to everybody? You're I, one of those I people don't. though that everybody loves, and so of course you're gonna oh. you're just trying to give me compliments because I'm sitting next to you. No, but we've been friends for a long time. Ever since you came here the first time to CMC to do this podcast with me, which by the way was in its infancy. Yes, pun intended. And now we got one in the you belly. Got one in the belly. Anyway, whenever you were first doing this podcast, it was like just starting. And so now, years later, to see its growth and its progress, and your progress and growth, not literally, uh, <laughs> but, but you but, are but, growing. But literally. You are growing a little bit <laughs> um, down there. Um, but I will say it's been so great to see your success. And so when you called me to say, hey, I'd like to come back and talk again because there's been some changes in your life that maybe you want to talk about, that uh, I was like all about it. So I'm glad you're here. Thank you for making me a part of your broadcast podcast but you were so nice to come on my podcast when it was in its infancy i know i shouldn't have done it you shouldn't have done it you're yeah. too big for me you I were was, way too big for me <laughs> i was already soaring as a star <laughs> i know and i should have never said yes to that but i did and I then know. we became like pals i know i lucky me <laughs> no i enjoyed doing it because it was fun and i trusted you and i still do so i don't ask me anything weird okay i'm not gonna ask you anything weird okay <laughs> Although, once again, you do have the great breath. I ate salmon for oh, really? lunch, and I don't have a breath in. But last night, you always have great breath. It's gum. Is I that a part gum. of your thing? Like, you just don't ever want to have bad breath? I am conscious about it. I worry about it. Yeah. I uh, I do think about it. So You do? Um, and that's why I've got some certs, and we've got some... Do you remember certs? Some certs? <laughs> like, what decade are we living in? Right? We've got some Tic Tacs, <laughs> also from another decade. Which, by the way, the Tic Tac gum now they have, uh -huh. I don't want to like go on a tangent here, but uh -huh. that, uh -huh. it's pretty good. Should you get a sponsorship? Maybe I should. <laughs> but I do keep gum close by. Um, and I have that Listerine spray stuff, which yeah. I love. Oh, that's a little strong for me. I love that stuff, though. And then we made some for our show After Midnight to promote it that we gave to all the stars for the ACM Awards. Um, and we gave them a little spray bottle. I'll give you one before you leave. Oh, thank it has you. Our, yeah, it has my face on it. It's like a, a breath spray. Oh. Breath spray. Keeping everything fresh. Delicious. Keep Which, you've had some milestones. You just had your 2000th episode of After Midnight at CMT. Yeah. So you've been hosting at CMT for how many years? 10? 10 15? years. 10 years total. And then, uh, yeah, 2000 of After Midnight, which is the big show we do, which is on like... Uh, 200 whatever radio stations and then what? yeah it's a lot and then we have uh, CMT Radio Live which I've been hosting for 10 years which is in it's you know still going strong and then uh, the Hot 20 show on CMT TV on the weekends so, so you're it's just busy always and you have your podcast which you just had 100 episodes I know let's plug that because I Cody cast I'm trying to get as big as Get Real with Carolyn Hobby so whatever go, you're please, already big go listen to the podcast so we, well, we're very proud of it everybody though. you interview all the coolest people like you just interviewed Runaway June I saw I love those girls so I know I'm much. so happy for them that they're breaking through me too me too oh my gosh their new album Blue Roses came out which I co-wrote that song did you really? Yes. You're kidding me. No. Well, I heard the, the personal story from Naomi Cook of the band. Uh, I love her voice. So I didn't realize you had a hand in that. Yeah. Are you? Yes. Oh, wow. Because Jen and I were friends forever. We did Amazing Race together. We were in a band Stealing Angels together. So we were running buddies. So I was kind of wrapping up music mm -hmm. when Runaway June was starting. And so I was still writing. And so I was in some writing sessions with them. Well, and it's been, what they say, 14 years since there's been a girl group get into the top 20. That's insane. That's is, insane. It's terrible. It's just, it's not a proud thing. We should, we should be proud of that. I can't even they should be that's proud they broke through, but it's not a proud thing for country music because I think it's kind of sad. I know. Yeah. That is kind of sad. But you know what? Okay, maybe they're changing. Maybe they're changing it. And the tides are changing, Cody. Yeah. Um, getting back to you for a second, I'm okay. worried about this baby popping out at any moment during this podcast. It looks like it looks like it could happen. Yeah. No, I still got about two months left. 
it's, two months or less. It's a hot, hot summer for you, isn't but it? But we're both in Texas, so we get the heat, right? Uh, yeah, I lived in Texas for like 10 years. I know you're from... You're not Wa- from Texas. Wait, no. I'm from Waco. Yeah. I felt like I grew up in Texas, though, because I started my 20s in Texas and went to whatever, 30-something in Texas. And you were in Dallas. In Dallas. And that's so. where you got into radio and all that? Uh-huh. Well, I was already in radio, but I, that was the first, like... Orlando might have been the you know large market I was in before that, but Dallas certainly was like the big leagues. Did you always know you wanted to get into radio? I did from a very young age. It was very sad my life as a kid because I used to pretend in my room that I had like an imaginary radio station. That's not sad. That's genius. Like you're already like visualizing your future. Yeah, but it made me really dorky as a child, okay. and uh, to the point where I had like cassette tapes that I would tape myself on. Okay. I had a Mister Microphone, which I think I may have told you about in podcast number one. Yeah. Uh, basically would you know take your voice you could dial up the fm receiver do you know what an fm receiver is folks <laughs> anyway uh you dial up to 88.7 and the the microphone would then project your voice wirelessly through the speakers and before karaoke machines that was the only way you get your voice over speakers which to me was very exciting and would also get this caroline okay I'm the mr microphone would broadcast from the from the actual microphone itself 25 feet so if you were in the driveway you could hear it you could go to the driveway and whatever song i was playing in my room on mr microphone the car radio would pick up and i thought that was cool i felt like i did did people come to your driveway audience of one but you know what you were already putting out there what you wanted to be i was already projecting it yes so then flash forward you just started getting into radio jobs you got Orlando, you yeah, said? Yeah, so Orlando. Let's see, I worked since I was in South Carolina. That's where I first worked. And then Orlando was a big market. And then Dallas, uh, I took a chance and went to Salt Lake City for a little while and then came to Nashville. So it's. Was it a hard road to get into radio or was it easier, easy for you? It was easy for me because I went to my local radio station when I was 15 years old uh-huh. and I told them I would work for free. Okay. And do whatever they needed me to do just to soak up the energy in the building and learn what the DJs did and what the other people, the salespeople, and what their jobs were. Because I just wanted to be a part of it. I just yes. felt it. So it was like an internship. Totally. And so I worked that summer uh, between my uh, freshman and sophomore year in high school. And eventually someone got sick on like a graveyard shift. And they needed a fill-in. And in. they needed a fill-in. And who did they call? Cody. That's right. So I remember the call coming in. I remember my mom, where she was at when the phone rang. I remember taking the call where I was standing next to my mom and dad's refrigerator in their kitchen when I got the call. Can you fill in tonight? And you're like, yes, I can. I was like, oh my gosh, this is my big chance. Oh my gosh. Crazy. So I filled in that night. So did that lead to like you getting a kind of more permanent gig there? Yeah. So eventually it led to like a weekend shift and eventually you know more shifts on the radio station. I would be like the go-to fill-in guy for the uh, weekday uh, DJs when I wasn't in school, of course, because I was still going to school. And then I did all my high school dances as well. It was like the only thing that made me kind of popular in high school was that I had that sort of radio, like I was, I was the radio DJ guy. How important is it to put yourself out there like you did when you were like, working for free, going to the radio yeah. station, saying I'll do all that? Like I feel like those that gruel grind period mm-hmm. is so crucial. Like, wh- what do you think about that? With anything and everything, I think it is. And a lot of people, well, you know, I get a lot of people asking, um, you know, kids are trying to figure themselves out or maybe they're even in college still trying to figure out what that major is or whatever and they uh, want advice. And I don't have a whole lot of advice, but I will say that I think working hard and grinding away at whatever it is that you want 
is the best way to do it. And I do think you have to have some connections eventually. You have to impress people along the way. And so you have to have the goods. You have to have, the, but yeah, you have to have the talent to begin with. But um, so, but working hard at whatever I think makes you better at it. So even if you're crappy at first, I I still think you can work hard at it and get much better than you were at the beginning. I, that's I that 10,000 hours thing they talk about sometimes mm-hmm. in books. And uh, I believe it from Outliers and Malcolm Gladwell that that is totally how it works, is that you you grind away at it. You do get better. I agree. And you just have to be willing to just like put in those hours with nothing happening for a while. Mm-hmm. And then you get your break randomly because something happens, like a fluke that uh-huh. no one is prepared for, and then you get a shot. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I, I think that, that's been the case with me many, many times. But I Really? Think yeah. That I, has been a course of your career, kind of? I think so. Over and over again, there's been, you know, you would call it, some people might say, oh, it's just luck, like you knew the right person or whatever. Okay, yeah, I get that you might have gotten lucky and made whatever connection you made, but that person wouldn't have called you for the job unless they thought you could do the job. Exactly. And that's where, it, you know. Because you've been grinding and proving that's yourself. That's where the luck meets the work or whatever that clever phrase people say is this very cliche. You, but the luckier, the harder I work, the luckier I that's get. That's it, I think. That's so it. what's one of like your moments? What are a few of those moments? Obviously in high school when you got called in at the graveyard mm-hmm. shift, that mm-hmm. was one. What's another moment where it just all lined up and you had put in the work and here comes an opportunity? Well, I think that here at CMT is a really good example because I came here really just to do radio at first. I didn't have any as I had aspirations in my head, like in the back of my mind, I thought, well, maybe this will lead to other stuff. But I had no promises. Right. No one said, hey, you're coming here. Maybe we can also get you over here into TV. I had no expectations of that whatsoever. I was coming to do a, hopefully, a damn good job of a great radio show when I got here, and that was all that was promised. And what was the radio show? After Midnight? Yeah, so it was, uh, it was CMT Radio Live, which is our night show now. Okay. Um, yeah, and, and So then you came here for that radio for show? For that radio show, and we built that from ground zero. There was really nothing radio that related. That feels good. Yeah, so we got to really design the studio and... Um, you know, when I got here, it was like a cart table and like four microphones and they were just, so we had to like build everything from scratch, which was really fun. Um, but I will say that, um, once I was in the building for a little bit and I didn't ask for it, I didn't go to producers, I didn't say, but I was willing whenever anyone came to me and said, Hey, you want to try this? I would always go. Yes. Yes. So whenever they came to me and said, well, you're not that ugly. Maybe <laughs> you're very handsome, Cody. Maybe we could use you for this. Would you want to do this? And of course, I'd be like, yeah, I'll try it. You know, I, I would definitely want to grow. I wanted to be better. And I had in the back of my mind, like I said, maybe I, TV is for me eventually. I, I will tell you that when I was a kid, outside of being a radio DJ wannabe, I would like want to be a TV weatherman. I thought that would like I the weather. I know you so love it. I love the Weather Channel. I loved it as a child. Okay. I would take cardboard uh, pieces of cardboard and I would like make weather maps for my parents and like give them the weather report across the country. Um, so I thought maybe one day that will be where all that leads. And so um, yeah, I was totally willing whenever CMT came to you know producers in the building just said, hey, do you want to try something different? Yeah. You want to try this and see if you're good at it or not. We'll see. Listen, they weren't. They were. They they were suspected. It was a trial, yeah, it was and, a trial, trial and error. And it, it, fortunately for me, it worked out. And so then, not for ten years, have you been the, like on CMT Hot Twenty and all that? Yeah, I think Hot Twenty is maybe maybe six or seven years. I don't even know. I think it's a few, yeah. It it honestly has been a little bit of a blur, and I don't mean that to be sound like I'm lost in this at all, but. 
to some degree, it is a little blurry. I look mm-hmm. back. Do you ever do this? You look back on your phone at like your camera roll, mm-hmm. and you go back to like pictures, and you think you punch up one, and you're like, "Oh, that was 2016." Like how? Three years ago? I like know. I. Some of these photos feel like yesterday to it me. It all rolls. It does all roll yeah. together. It's weird how you have that sense. I can even look back, and this is this is your first kid, right? Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds stupid, but people and people say it all the time. Like, soak up every moment. I wish I'd taken more pictures of my kids when they were young. I'm gonna get teary eyed now. Oh, let it but out! But totally, your daughter just turned 21. I know. Can you believe that? No, Woo, I feel so old. But I will say, looking back, I wish I'd had more kid pictures, more baby pictures. Take, fill up that camera roll because it flies. It flies by, and before you know it, they're 21. Yeah, true. You have really beautiful children. Thank you. And I'm like you said, they're they're just on their on their way. Yeah. Just finding themselves, doing their thing. Can you they're believe that kids. you have adult children? I like, love that it. That are like in the world now, like just discovering themselves. I honestly love it now because because y'all can be friends. We can be friends. We can hang. We can have adult conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no filter yeah. at all with us. Right. We're I love totally that. Totally transparent. On every level, and we're not afraid to um, talk about anything, which I think is something I, for a long time, would never do with my kids. Yeah. So you, you know, you 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 protect them, you protect yourself, you protect your words. You're very careful as a parent for a long, long time, and so when they're adults, you really can let loose a little bit. And I think um, knowing they can find their way to the cupboard and find the cereal, <laughs> and you don't have to worry about any of those little things anymore. Uh, it makes it, it makes it a whole lot easier, and they're you know it's super fun now to have like adult kids. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so like you said in the beginning, when I talked to you earlier, mm-hmm. a lot has changed in your life. Let's talk about that okay. because I love so much that you are just living your honest life. Thank you. And that took a while to get here yeah. for you. Yeah. So talk to me about this journey of how you've come into fully being you. Well. Where do you want to start? I mean, let's start at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I think this journey started when I was a kid. I really felt uh, like I was gay at an early age. I don't know what age it was. I'm guessing eight, nine, somewhere in there. And what is that? How does that feel? It just feels like you're just not interested in girls. Yeah, well, I I think at the beginning it was just sort of an attraction, you know, in some way to male role models, perhaps. I mean, I watched Spider Man and thought. You know, he looked good in a tight yeah, he outfit. Does look good. And I thought, I'm with you on that. Yeah, right? <laughs> so I think some of those things just stuck with me. Like, okay, I, I know, I don't know what this is, but I know I like that. Mm-hmm. And um, as you, you obviously go to teen, your teenage years and um, you go through puberty and you start figuring things out a little more and you realize who you are. Um, but, you know, in my. At, my t- at that time in my life, and because of probably the societal things around me, I, I never felt like I, like I could let that loose or talk about it or like even express it in any way. And how does that like, feel to keep all that pent up? It feels crappy. I mean, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, like, it's like it's just who you are, but you can't say anything. I mean, everyone has probably something they keep hidden. Mm-hmm. I think everyone's got some secrets. I think when you get a little bit older, you start to let some of that out. And, you know, you tell the people that need to know whatever it is that you might be you know, ashamed of for whatever reason, uh, if you, you know, if you're following the path that I think most people follow, which is trying to live the best life you can. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely, as I got, you know, older, I realized like, okay, I, I don't need to keep this inside anymore. I need to figure out what to do with it and start 
I sort of, you know, I was carrying a backpack full of bricks and I started unpacking it brick by brick, telling people I, that I knew needed to know this about me. So um, you started off by just telling close friends yeah. and family and like Absolutely. people that you trusted. Yeah. But like, when did you have that moment where you're like, I can't carry this this backpack of bricks anymore? It's gonna like weigh me down. Yeah, it was probably shortly after I moved to Nashville. I realized there was opportunities to be a personality, to be on TV, to be you know bigger in radio, and I felt like I was pretending a lot. Where mm-hmm. you know I'm showing up, I'm smiling big, I'm going through the motions of these great interviews with whoever star is here, and yet they don't know who I am. And I felt how like, does that feel? Again, it doesn't feel good, and you feel like you're not you're being fake. Also, with the audience who's watching you or listening to you. And that's no fun either because you just feel like you're always second guessing what you're going to say or is that the right thing to think or feel? Yeah. And um, that's no fun. So um, as I as I started to to realize I needed to get you know get over this, get over these feelings. Um, I yeah, like you said, I started to tell people and started to be more open about it, and that was freeing. That felt good. The more I did that, because I realized, okay, people, I'm this. still a good person. Yeah. I'm still a decent human. This doesn't make me any less. And for years, I thought I was less than because of it. I and wonder I, why. Just because of society? Because it's. I think so. I think we've come a long way, particularly in the last, you know, whatever, 15, 20 years, mm-hmm. um, in understanding uh, people who are different in all walks of life, be mm-hmm. it gay, straight, black, white, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we've realized, like, Differences don't hurt us. They don't make us any worse. They actually make us better. Like realizing we're all different from different walks of life and come in different shades and shapes and sizes and all, you know, all of this, all these differences. We, I think we, and I certainly had a black and white sort of like view of the world. Like it was one way or the other. And the truth is it's not. And once you realize there's lots of shades of gray is when you realize the beauty that also is in that, you know, in that variance. Why do you think we're afraid of differences? Why do you think humans are afraid of that? Um, I don't know. I, I think it has something. I mean, I, I can only look at my own life, and I don't know. You help me here. But I think that sometimes our upbringing teaches us. I think sometimes religion teaches us. But what I mean, do we think is going to happen with these differences? Like, what do we think if we embrace these differences is going to happen to us. Like, why is it scary, I wonder? Because that's why, because I've always felt super open-minded and I don't understand all the boxes that people have to get put into. Mm -hmm. I think there's some comfort in lines, drawing lines, putting ourselves in a box. It makes us feel safe It makes us feel safe. There's something about that. Maybe because it's the unknown. We don't understand the other people, Mm -hmm. some people different than us. Totally. Don't Mm -hmm. you feel that way? I guess so. Maybe it's scary. Yeah. When's the last time you met someone who was strikingly different than you? I mean, I kind of feel like in this entertainment industry, I meet people who are all over the place. Right. But I, I think you and I are the same of this. Like once we've been around all of these walks of life, like I love that. To me, that is a a fulfilling life to have all different types of friends and people because it makes me grow. It makes me learn. It, 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 pushes me to like see different ways to live and it opens my mind in a way that maybe I hadn't just been exposed to yet. So like, I like that. Yeah. People here at CMT, like our group, uh, our, you know, our little team. Um, and they've embraced you coming out too. Yeah, totally. Were you worried about that? Yeah, I definitely was. And then come back to your team because I don't want to interrupt you. No, no, they were great. And I told 
many people here before I announced it to the world. How was and, that, though, being a face of country music? Because country mm-hmm. music is still traditional. I mean, it is definitely making strides, I will say. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, you know, being open-minded and stuff. But it's still... But I think that's only happened in the last few years, honestly. And I think you're a part of that. Well, a big that. part of that. I, I think whenever I came out, I was, I was scared because no one you know in the current in format a big public eye. had really done it i know ty herndon and shelly wright definitely were trailblazers uh before but that had been years and i thought okay it's still 2017 at the time and um you know we don't have a you know an a-list b-list c-list even we don't have any artists who really speaks up so what am i i mean what will happen to me? Will I be exiled? Did you think you might? Will be? I'll be? What will the what will the comments be on Instagram? What will? So you know, I thought it would be definitely. Did you think you'd lose your job? I th- no, I never thought that. Okay, because I felt amazing. secure here at CMT. And how amazing for CMT to be yeah, like that. Yeah, they're a great company. Viacom is a very open company. And yeah, super. You gotta love that. Totally love it. And um, I I will say I thought well maybe it's gonna be like a fifty fifty thing like I'll get fifty mm-hmm. percent love and. 50% like haters who are just trashing me. And there were definitely were people who were trashing me, but I got to say it was like it was like 99-1. It was like 99% love. And um, yeah, it was really, really overwhelming. And you know what helped what? was um, great artists also speaking up on that day. I'll never forget. Carrie Underwood, Dirk Bentley, Toby Keith, um, and but Casey Musgraves, a big supporter. Casey Musgraves, Dan and Shay, Maddie and Tay. Just a huge list of people who spoke out on Twitter or Instagram. Darius Rucker, I mean, who didn't have to say a word. The artist rallied. And every, I think that helped the audience feel feel better, too. That there was some, we, it's okay. Um, we love you anyway. You know, this sort of attitude. Look, I know not everybody agrees on this topic, so... I always think even if you don't agree with me, that's fine. You, We can still find something to be embrace each other about, be it music um, or be it some similarity we have in other ways. And I think people love it when you're real. They love it when you're yourself. And I think that's been appreciated by the audience, even if, again, they don't see eye to eye. We don't see eye to eye on this topic. Um, we can. There, there are enough other things we have in common right. to love each other even still and i think that's the i wish more people believe that in the world i mean we're in the middle of a political process right now of determining who's gonna be the next president and you know all of this division in the country and yet i feel like we have so much more in common than people realize you go to these i go to these festivals you do too with your husband and otherwise and you realize like People love country music yeah. there, and they're from all different walks of life. Everybody's different. Right, and all demographics. And we all have this love of music. Yes, and that's what brings us together at those moments. And I think I've found some, seems like just personal peace with that, because I've realized, like, and people come up to me all the time at those festivals and say something about this topic. And, what and are, Yeah, what have people told you? Um, I feel like you, people have told you you've, like, saved their lives. Um, well, I don't know about that. I know we've gotten, I've gotten a lot, I, not a day goes by, there's not something or, um, certainly at first it was just so frequent that people would reach out and say, thank you, I, I'm gay, I love country music too, um, and that to me meant a lot. It was so sweet and wonderful, and, um, 
and it still does when people reach out and say, hey, I'm still trying to figure out what to say to my parents or yeah. what to do with my life next, but thank you for stepping up. It's it's helped me. I talked to, uh, I, met, I met a girl last week, Harper Gray, who's a new artist um, who I had no idea was LGBTQ and and she um, played the one of, a couple of our shows here for Pride at CMT and um and she was like hey I want you to know I don't think that I could be out and lesbian if I hadn't seen what you did wow powerful right um, and I'm not tooting my own horn because I'm not a horn tooter you know this but what you're doing is but, you're saying you took a bold step and it's helping you people. know and if it does help people to hear my journey and other people then to share their journey that helps other people that that's you know, that's what it's all and about. And it was scary for you to take that step. That's a hard thing to do to come out, especially like we're saying, like you being so immersed in country music, what's going to happen? Are you going to yeah. be exiled? It's not coming. There's no one else who'd come out in yeah. years. So you're like on your own and yeah. you have no idea what's going to happen. There's fear, but I think there's also like, you know, some comfort in being real and, um, and, and being proud of who you are at the end of the day because I didn't ask for it. I did not ask for it. Um, I didn't ask to be this way. I didn't, there's nothing I did. I didn't choose it. And I think people still need to hear that because a lot of people think that you did choose it uh, or that you did want to be gay. And I just, that's flat out wrong. It's not right. And well, it's not easy to, yeah. it's not an easy road. Why would you? Why would you? <laughs> it makes no sense. It never made sense to me, so. Yeah. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com consulting. IBM. Let's create. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Oh, my gosh. And then now you host a festival with Ty. Yeah. We every did the, year. Uh, Love and Acceptance uh, uh, show at uh, the week of CMA Fest. And how's that been? It's been awesome. Yeah, I think it's maybe the fifth year he's done that. And uh, I was just, I'm honored to be a part of it. Every how year. great yeah. is that, though, to have a show, though, that is just specifically focused on that within the country music yeah. CMA Fest? Biggest week of the year I guess for country music yeah what's cool is I've met people who go to that sh who go to that show who are and I thought it would be like all just CMA Fest people they're showing up anyway for the big shows at mm -hmm. Nissan and maybe they're coming to ours for one night or whatever 
It turns out like so many of those people come to Nashville just for that show. That's amazing. Yeah, and that's so cool to me. They just and so many of them, you know, couples from all across, you know, all all over the country um, and world probably too, uh, show up and are um, are there because they want to show support. They want to say, uh, we we love country too, and we appreciate this level of love and acceptance you're promoting. And so I think it's a beautiful thing. I freaking love that. Yeah, it's so cool. I interrupted you though. You said your little team when you first came out. Your team at CMT. Uh, you were talking about. Oh them. yeah, I was talking about um, just that you were talking about a circus kind of like you like you know people of different walks of life and how that makes your life better. Yes. Like seeing that. Yes. And by the way, when you grow up like I did in South Carolina or other places, if you're a kid on a red dirt road <laughs> right now who's listening to this, thinking you only see one thing, one way of life, you don't realize there's other stuff out there. And once you realize there's kind of a bigger world and that everyone, everyone's differences really do make us better and not worse, because you don't know that other side. Um, once you realize... when you've only seen one thing, it's like yeah. you kind of need to be that one thing if you're going to yeah. fit in where right. you are. Exactly. And that's how I lived most of my life. So um, uh, it... It's interesting because our team here, they make a little bit of fun of me sometimes that I love a circus. I love <laughs> characters. I love everyone to be a little bit different and bring something else to the table because I think it makes the whole team better. It's you know I look at everything that I do, the shows, they're collaborations, and I don't have all the answers. I'm not the funniest guy in the room, but maybe you know maybe you've got something, Corey or Kurt or you know Lauren or Ashley or you know, and then you know Heather or you, the, all these people together. We create this. We got a new guy named Tunde, who's uh, yeah. So it, we we have this amazing group of people, but it is a little bit of a, it's like a circus act sometimes and bringing all these different styles and ways of thinking together. But that's what makes it awesome. And it makes ideas pop that maybe you wouldn't have if everyone was totally. just thinking the same way. Absolutely. So that's what we yes. try to do. Yeah, it's it's good. Cody, that's amazing. Yeah. So now that you have come out and you're it's for two years now. Yeah. What's changed in your life? Um, well, I think there's been more like I talked about the audience a little bit, you know, more comfort with who I am to the people I talk to on the radio or, um, you know, interviews. Um, I think there's a, a level even with the artists of like, OK, I get him now. Like there's a little more uh, connection, if you will, human, like emotional connection, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, so. I did meet someone who's awesome. He's and also so handsome. Yeah, he's great. And so we're engaged. And so ah, at some point... Congrats. Yeah, thanks. So I know some, you are engaged. At some point we'll get <clears throat> pitched. But we're just kind of enjoying the flow of everything right now. And yeah, so that's changed. What else has changed? How have your kids handled it all? They've been really great. Um, they were great from the beginning, though. Like, both my kids were fantastic. And I... Uh, uh, I think the the again the generation now is a little bit different than even yours. Yeah, you're much younger than me, and then of course mine. So um, I'm they, like, my daughter is she even gonna know? Blink. Like, at the is idea that of even yeah. gonna be a thing by the time? I don't think so. I don't either. I mean, yeah. I, I just I I cannot wait to see how many barriers have gone down since when she's yeah. you know my age. My kids understood that you know. It's like choosing your eye color or whatever. You don't choose it. Yeah. You didn't. My dad wouldn't make that up. I mean, <laughs> yeah. why would I? Yeah. Yeah. There's no. Yeah. So um, they were really accepting right from the beginning, and they 
they and my ex-wife uh, all walk with me in the pride parades and do are you every, serious? yeah How they do everything with so me so you and your ex-wife are so close oh we're like the best of friends really yeah yeah we still are listen my connection with her was a, such an emotional one uh and i love her so it that never went away uh now she's got a boyfriend i have fiance we have these beautiful kids together that we raise and parent together. And Do you like co-parent together still? Totally. Yeah, no, no. Does she live in Nashville? Yeah, we go vacation together, all of us. And all of y'all? Yeah. Are you kidding me? We go to dinner like all the dream. time. They come over to the house most Sundays and we'll hang out and play games. It's like... That's amazing. Yeah, no, With the kids too? Yeah. Oh, totally. So y'all are just truly one big happy family. We are. Now, I won't say there weren't bumps to get here. Oh, of course. Yeah, and there's still moments where, okay... We got to figure this out or that out, but listen, that's life in general, though. That doesn't matter, doesn't even matter what the situation. Everyone has something they're dealing with, and you just have to deal with it. And it's okay, it's okay. I, you know, I love. Uh, is it Robin Roberts from Good Morning America? I love her. She's awesome. She, I've done a couple interviews with her, and she's fantastic. Um, but she said, and one of the things that really stuck with me years ago was she said, "Make your uh, mess." your message wow we're all going through something realizing that even if you think it's messy and um difficult that that can also be what becomes who you are in a good way yeah and can lift other people up um yes i believe that yeah and and hers was i think at the time dealing with cancer Mm -hmm. and having difficulty you know surviving Mm -hmm. so realizing that her her mess at the time could become something that was a message of hope to people, I think, uh, was powerful. And it, it spoke to me. And to go back to what you are saying, we all have something that's difficult that we're dealing with. Why do you think, because I feel like it sort of like can be split. Some people, like yourself, are willing to get to a point with that difficult thing, and then they're like, I'm going to face this, and I'm mm. going to embrace this, and I'm not going to let this control who I am but then there's also other people who would rather never face it and just hide from it why do you think it is so important and why do you think it is so hard for people to face that what do you think people are scared will happen if they actually peek under the covers instead of just trying to push it down is this the part where we get real we're getting real okay Um, (laughs) (laughs) well I think isn't it fear I mean, it must be just fear. I, I think, I think it, it's fear of acceptance or fear of like. Fear of, ex- I think it is fear of acceptance for the people around you who you think won't, who will think differently of you. Mm-hmm. Um, your tribe will like reject you. Um, there's a lot of that fear that I think exists with any one of those, any one of those difficult situations we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think it probably comes down to that mostly. Mm-hmm. Right. What mm-hmm. do you think? Am I wrong? I think it's fear too, but then I also like feel like I've been lucky enough to live through some fear moments myself and face them and then witness other people doing them. And I've always seen that when you actually embrace them, it is so beautiful. Like mm. it's painful and I'm sh- there's a lot of emotions that come with yeah. it and it can be a mess, like Robin Roberts is saying, like a big fat mess mm. for a while. <laughs> and you feel lost and out of control, but then it's like, the freedom that comes from releasing mm-hmm. a burden that you carry for so long is to me, it's just like once you've done that at least one time in your life, yeah. 
and you've lived through it because like uh, I feel like a lot of people I used to ask my therapist when I was in therapy I was like why because I had finally like started facing some of my inner demons like I mm-hmm. used to my biggest one is I've never felt worthy like I've always had self-worth issues mm-hmm. like I never felt good enough and so like I always felt like just self-worth issues and very like, common by the way I think almost everyone faces that to some level I agree but I didn't want anyone to know that. And I had like certain trigger points that like I would try to avoid and like hide. And finally, when I like faced him and looked at him and talked about him, I was like, oh my God, I feel so free. Why doesn't everyone like free themselves of yeah. their insecurities? And she's yeah. like, people would would rather die. Like they would rather die than have to like face these things. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think also that... Um Sometimes your self-esteem is not strong enough to take control of your life. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, I think you just don't feel like you have either the right or the strength to take hold of whatever it is. And like you said, peek under the covers or strip it back, peel off the layer. Mm -hmm. And so you end up just living with it because you can't, you're not strong enough to figure out another way. And uh, no, I I think it's... um, I think it's important to do that, though. I th- I think you're happier when you do become, you you do get control of who you are, what you are, and where your life is going. Yeah, because you just feel lighter. It's like you don't have to carry around that lie. It's, yeah, it's like that backpack again. Like I always a feel like of bricks. take that those bricks out of there. Just get rid of them because oh. you'll feel so much better. I know. I know. So Easier yeah. to get up the hills of life whenever you get that backpack. You know, emptied out. Empty. <laughs> yeah. But truly, to anyone listening, it is the truth. Like, it is so scary to take that plunge and to like face that that thing that is so scary. But it is so important, and that's how you truly become who you're meant to be on this earth. Yeah. Because if we don't embrace who we are in our souls, like who we truly feel like we are, then what are we even doing here? Living right. just this fake life for who? Who are we living it for? Yeah. Well, I think some people would say, "Oh, I'm living it for God." I'm living it for... But God's the one... Okay, now this is where I, I, okay. I personally feel this way and people might get mad at me, but God is the one who made us the way we are with the feelings that we have. So how could God be mad at us if we truly didn't choose to feel these yeah. Way, yeah. this way? I carried that around for a long time. That, that, that God would be I mad at you? I was doing this for God, that I was going to do what I felt like I needed to be for a higher power. And um, eventually I did realize that point you just made that... I didn't make this up yeah. and God, I mean, I, he did not make me into a failure from the start either. And so I, I had to get to a level of peace about that, that I was still a good person. I'm still a decent human. I can still be, you know, you can still be a Christian and believe you still believe in God and whatever religion you want and still also be who you are. I think there's, um, you know, there's a lot of confusion on that. Mm-hmm. I agree. I do agree. And it's it's a touchy subject because mm-hmm. religion is a touchy subject and all of that. But I, I totally agree. I definitely think being who you were put on this earth to be is probably the best way to please God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're all going to fall short. Yeah. Even if you still believe in God, you have to believe that there's sin and that we're all, you know, we're not going to be perfect. Um, and uh, I, th- I think you have to come to some sort of realization that, there's a way to believe in both. Yes, I I do still believe in a higher power. Um, I have confusion on exactly how and what that is exactly because I don't think any of us know. Right. Um, We have theories and we have some sort of experiences that teach us, okay, I know good things happen when I do good. Yeah. Um, I know that there's a universal sort of plan to some things that I do and I feel like there's good coming my way 
karma wise whenever I um, am reaching out and doing good for other people. But I think that you can still believe that and and still be who you are. You don't have to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be a lesser person or think that you're lesser than because God doesn't think of you that way. Amen. Can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah. <laughs> so is there anything that you still struggle with now that you are living your authentic life? Uh, yeah. um, I'm, I'm struggling with being a boring person sometimes. <laughs> what do you mean you're the least boring person? No, here's the deal though. I do all these exciting things and I know you see on my Instagram, like everyone else's Instagram, by the way, you see nothing but the best. You're getting me on a go-kart today with Dustin Lynch. You got me last week with Dirk Bentley dunking in a trash can ice bath. You know, you're getting all these like incredible moments. Me with Carrie Underwood. You know, all this like fabulous stuff right up front um, that seems like this glitzy, glamorous life. The truth is, Caroline, when I'm home, I'm going home. I'm probably watching Netflix tonight. I'm really boring. I may get like a uh, one of those box things meals. Oh, I and make love those. those box meals. Those are awesome, right? Yeah, and you're so fit, so they actually work. I mean, I'm trying. Do you do like the the low carb like paleo ones? Yeah, mostly. Yeah. 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 Okay. I, I like some carbs. I like some fries. I like some. I like a burger. Well, yeah. Yeah, I like that stuff too. But I mean, I try to to you know stay fit. You and you succeed, but don't you feel like that is balance? Because if you're like having okay, think about this. A lot of people go to a job that, that is really grueling and draining, and they may, maybe don't love. Yeah. You know, so they spend so much of their time at this job mm-hmm. that is wearing them out. Yep. So then when they get home, they're like, okay, I want to, Relax. Re- oh, yeah, or I want to like go party, or I want to be out, or I want to like live my life because. I have this job that takes my life that I don't love. But you have a job that gives you life. So you have to recharge at some point. Yeah, you're right. And I've learned to, I've started to figure that out. But I do think sometimes, I I feel like I'm, again, this is an insecurity here. And we all have something that we're like, oh, am I supposed to be doing something else? Yeah. Do you ever feel that way about something you're like, like, okay, am I? I always feel like I'm going to get left behind. Or like, yes, like that I'm like, no matter how, like you were even telling me, my podcast has grown so much, but I'm like, it's still not good enough. Like it's gonna get like I'm not doing yeah. enough. Like I'm not successful enough. Like I'm how I'm gonna be forgotten. I don't think I'm really good with politics. Sometimes in this town, like in Nashville, there's a little bit of a political scene. Uh-huh. Very industry driven. There's a lot of number one parties. In fact, if you wanted to, you or I could go to a party every single night or mm-hmm. a showcase of a new artist every single night of our lives. Mm-hmm. I often feel like I'm not. I don't, it's not that I don't want to be there or see the new music or whatever. It's just I don't want to spend my time doing that. I've got all this other stuff i got to fit in, and that's not as valuable to me. And therefore, my insecurity sinks in and says, because you're not doing that, you're not going to get people to, you're not going to get on the side of those political people mm-hmm. or those industry people. And I worry about that sometimes. That's probably one thing I've dealt with since I've been here in Nashville that I, I never dealt with before mm-hmm. because it's such a sort of uh, small town like small, small network yeah tribe here and uh-huh. you know I don't always feel like I'm an insider in that tribe I just feel like I'm a guy who pops in and I'm always nice to everybody um, and I think people generally like me who meet me but love you yeah but I think for the most part that is one of my if you're talking about a struggle, somebody's still kind of like, should I be going out tonight? Should I be doing? Should I something? be like seen? Should I be doing? Yeah, should I be seen tonight? Because I, you want 
people to connect. I do that too, Cody. Like I feel like I have, and before I got pregnant, I was running myself kind of ragged doing everything. Like almost anything I would get invited to, I would go to like networking, keeping up with people. And I genuinely love people just like you do. So it's not like, it's not like it's all because I'm scared I'm going to be left behind. I genuinely love people, but it's also that fear of, oh my gosh, like I might get left behind or forgotten. They might forget about me. Yeah. Because there's always someone else coming up and happening. Or could there be something that I, I might be able to, because I have a relationship with so-and-so, that I might be able to get an interview. Or lead to an opportunity. Or lead to something else that I don't even know about that maybe somebody else gets because I wasn't there to make that connection. Yeah. Yes. But you know what? Can you worry about that? No. You can't. Because <laughs> if you look back on your life, like yours, how these random situations have appeared for you that you weren't preparing for, like even starting in high school with the night shift, yeah. all that. CMT, getting a shot you know, after doing a radio show for me too, like I look back on my, my opportunities that have come my way. And I think they would have come whether or not I was hustling out there or, I mean, or not, as long as I was doing my hustle that I felt like I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. Cause like, don't you feel a difference of what you feel like you're supposed to be doing versus what you feel like you need to be doing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I know like what I, what feels right to me for my personal drive and career and path. And I know what I feel like I need to do. And I know when I feel like if I would slack or not. And I, I can feel that. But then there's this whole other section. that's like, oh, I should do that because maybe that will help me here or this or that. Yeah. But there's a difference. Yeah. Do you feel that? Well, I think what you're going to feel, especially when the baby comes, is first of all, that your life will be fulfilled in a new way that you can't even understand right now. Mm-hmm. I know I experienced that when I became a father is that um, immediately there was a sense of, boy, this is a lot of work, but yet this is the most fun I've had. Like there's a sense of, and that little being, you know, something to live for that's bigger than you again, I think it's, it's going to be, I know it sounds all so cliche, but I think it's really true. And so, um, and because of that, I think it makes me make choices of the supposed to's or the need to's. And so I end up most of the time just going with the need to's because look, if I've only got a few hours, I'm gonna spend it, I need to spend that extra time with the people that mean the most, my family or my partner or um, uh, my mom, you know, any of these people that I think are more important than me going to another party. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you have to make that choice and be it, you know, learn to be at peace with that and not worry about the consequences because ultimately that's where your happiness is. No, I'm not saying you don't ever go. Right. I'm just saying you balance it out. Right. Moderation. Do you ever deal with the comparison game? Does that ever get to you? Totally. Yeah. God, it gets to me too. I mm-hmm. sometimes I'm great with it. Sometimes I'm like killing it. Like I'm like, oh, I don't compare. I don't care. <laughs> like I got this. I'm not worried about anything. I'm like killing it. And then other times I'm like crying. I'm like, what am I even doing? Like everyone else is like so much farther along, and it's all like usually career based for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. I. I I've gotten so much better at that. Have I, you gotten better at I that? I said yes to that initial question, but I think honestly, I've stopped paying attention to that. As I used to, I think I was younger and naive, and I just didn't have as much wisdom about the business, and I didn't feel probably as confident because I wasn't in a, in a better place, in a greater place as I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
once you get to a point where you feel like you've accomplished something, like mm-hmm. you were at a peak of some kind, mm-hmm. not a peak, but you know, sort of one of those moments where it's like, okay, I've made it. Now what's next? But yes, I've made it here. Like, and you, you feel great. You about feel where you about are. Th- good about that moment, that sense of accomplishment. Then you stop worrying uh, about other things, other people. And the other way I, I've got peace about it is realize realizing that it's apples and oranges. Yeah. What I deliver is going to be different than what so and so delivers. Yes. And what I deliver, um, because it's different, because it is apples and oranges. I can feel good about this lane and staying in my lane is awesome because it's my lane lane. and let that person be in their lane and go a hundred percent and let me proud of that person for whoever they are and whatever they're doing in their lane. But that's not my lane. That's not what I want. Have you been able to flip that comparison? I mean, jealousy is such a terrible word because I know it's not real jealousy because you're happy for him, but like comparison for me, sometimes it can come out as jealousy, mm. even though I'm happy for him. Have you been able to flip that though? Now living by that motto of staying in your lane, like just knowing that, like, okay, I have carved out what I'm good at. I feel mm. confident mm-hmm. in myself, and so I'm not going to worry. Like have, you've been able to flip it. Yeah, totally. I think that's exactly what I'm saying. Is that yeah, you learn to get good at your lane and feel good about where you are and not worry about the others. And I often compare it a little bit to music and, you know, we're surrounded by that here. So, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing that, well, Keith Urban, he just won like entertainer of the year or whatever. Um, you know, I think for both award show ACMs and, mm-hmm. and CMAs, but, um, you know, I would think that Carrie Underwood still has a sense of accomplishment this year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like she may, she may not have won, but she still got her path, and yes. it's still damn good. Yes, like not really, getting hung up on these tiny accolades, or like, oh, did I win this? Did I not? Did this person get this over me? Like, no, but I've still had a freaking great year, right? And I've had, I'm got a freaking great life right now. So, right, you know what, oh, Cody? I think about that all the yeah. time. Instead of getting hung up on like the ten percent of things that you don't have, that you're looking right. around and you're like, oh my gosh, this person has that, that's that, that, and that, and I don't have that. Yeah. But it's like, look inward and be like, what do I have? Yeah. Wow, I am so blessed. Right. But that is so easy to not do that. And I catch myself doing that. And I'm like, Caroline, you've got to turn that around, you know? And so how do you turn it around? Do you, is it something you face inwardly and kind of go home, talk to your husband about whatever? Or do you just kind of like let it simmer in there and never express, never get it out? I turn it around by doing exactly what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. I get, I I get quiet Mm -hmm. and I really a lot of times I write down like what my true goals are. Like what my true goals are and what I truly feel called to do on this earth. Mm -hmm. And then I examine what I'm doing to reach those goals. And if I'm on a path that is moving me towards them and I feel like I'm doing everything that I can do or feel like is right for me to do to reach those goals, then I'm like, okay, you're just feeling insecure. That's, I'm like, you're just feeling insecure right now. And I really so will sit there and like the person that maybe I'm like saw that made me feel insecure because they're crushing it. <laughs> I will like focus on them. And Becky Sweet told me this, uh, Philip Sweet's wife okay, yeah. too. And Love she her. she does this too. Like instead of like letting myself feel 
like, oh, I'm envious of them or, oh my gosh, they're going to do better than me. I sit there and I try to just focus on all the great things about that person and why they're killing it and how it doesn't affect me and why I love them. Mm-hmm. Because how awesome that someone out there is like making a way for themselves and doing great. Right. And like you said before, everyone has their own struggles. So don't get lost, Caroline, in like the fear that you're not going to get there. Like just embrace everyone else getting there and then embrace myself on my journey too. Yeah. And you never know what someone else is going through. Exactly. You, you never know what behind the scenes it may all again seem like the Instagram perfectness. Yeah. But the truth is behind that Instagram is something where someone's struggling too. And so you just have to be happy for people where they are, happy, for, you know, wh- where you are. Build on that as much as you can. And, you know, it goes back to the beginning. You just w- work hard, figure it out, persevere, endure. I just interviewed Carly Pierce and she was telling me oh. that in back in the day, she was a little jealous of Kelsey Ballerini because Carly had gone through all of these, like she had a record deal, then she lost it and she was the darling, then no one would call her back. And the typical, it's yeah. it's a brutal, it's a brutal world out there in the, in the music industry sometimes. And she had met Kelsey in like a girls group and Kelsey was like about to hit and she was like this hot new young thing. Carly said she was jealous of her in the beginning and then come to find out they became great friends. Carly was honest with Kelsey, was telling her her own personal struggles. And then Kelsey ended up taking Carly on tour. And now then they were like great before Carly had a record deal again or anything. And she was like, it just was such a, and now Carly's like, obviously she's killing it. And one of the most amazing, inclusive, supportive females. But she said it was such a moment because you just realize that we're like, it's, it's not that you're really jealous. It's just that you don't have what that person has yet. And Mm -hmm. so it's just like an insecurity. And I loved that she shared that because that's such a true feeling that so many of us go through. And then you get past it and you're like, there's room for all of us and we're all on our own journey and we actually can work together and support each other. It's about showing your vulnerabilities and finding strength in each other. Uh, Trey, my partner, taught me so much about that. Um, He, when he was uh, 15, was in a terrible car accident. Wow. Almost lost his life. Uh, Was in a coma for several weeks. Uh, His parents had to, you know, decide what to do whether they were going to keep him alive or not no way all that stuff he was that that gone. that serious yeah that serious so so he was on life support yeah so eventually obviously he got better and came out of his coma uh, and realized i've got to live my life did it shake <laughs> and, him and up? that shaked him up yeah big time he was shook he was shook. He, he was shooketh. shooketh and um and decided to you know live his life to the fullest and he embraces um, you know, every single day, every single moment. He's taught me that. I really, I think, feel like I needed that whenever I met him, that someone who could say, hey, it's okay, number one, to be this way, and number two, let's live this life. Oh, what are we waiting on? What a fun person to be with. Yes, and, you know, I had someone come up to me the other day and said, hey, I gotta tell you this, I love you, I love Trey, I love you guys together, and, but I got to tell you, every time I see Trey, I feel like he's having his best day ever. He has. I, I feel that way too. He's <laughs> yes. always smiling. He's always having so much fun. So happy. Yeah, he's so much fun. So And he's really made me a lot more fun too. And I, I feel like it's made my life better. So I think realizing that this this is the day that we have, this is the moment. And yes. nothing is given. We are not promised anything. And absolutely. And that we need to live it, live this life. What a great perspective. 
So he, it's so deeply ingrained in him mm-hmm. that he just wakes up and truly is stoked for every day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, listen there are days we feel like crap or he feels Ooh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mostly hungover. Yeah. On, uh, <laughs> but it's probably a fun night. <laughs> That's because of the worth night before it. we lived that life. Yeah, you did. It's worth it. <laughs> but it's true. I th- there are, there's, you know, he, he's a smiley guy. And I think that's. He's a very smiley guy. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful smile. Yeah. So we, uh, I, th- I think that's an important thing to remember also in all this discussion that, you know, we are given just a small slice here and uh, you know, nothing is, uh, we, we, don't, we don't know what's next. So let's, uh, let's enjoy what we have right now. How important are failures? Or what we think is a failure? Mm-hmm. Well, I think they're important to teach us and appreciation, number one. I feel like, you know, whenever you fall short, and I hate to be superficial, but like if you don't get the nominee we're, nomination we were talking mm-hmm. about a moment ago, or you're not the one who wins, I mean, I, I know that's a short-sighted kind of failure, but I think it makes you strive harder. Mm-hmm. I think it makes you, makes you better. And eventually when that success happens in whatever way, uh, outside of this bad analogy I'm using, um, <laughs> I- that success is more, you're more grateful for it. So I think failures are really important. I think they lead you often to the next thing too. Mm-hmm. They teach you what you want the most or what you need to do better. I totally agree. Yeah. And like you said, the appreciation that it brings mm-hmm. when you finally do get what you want. Oh my gosh, I want to talk to you forever, but we're almost at an hour. So I have a few more questions. So we're okay, yeah, up. let's do it. Because it's not like you have I'm other good. things to do. No, I'm all good today. This is your time. Oh, Yes. I got you. I got this set aside. I love coming to see you. Thank you. I just I'm, love seeing you. I love seeing you too. It's just the best. It's always great. And when I see you outside of, you know, this setting too, it's always awesome. So you're so sweet. You're the sweetest. What is a successful life to you? And not just like career-wise, in general. What mm-hmm. is a successful life to you? Well, you know, I've gotten the chance in my life to check off l- almost everything I could have dreamed of, honestly. Yeah, so you've gone through your bucket. What were some of the things on your bucket list? Well, I mean, I think early on in my life, I wanted a family. I wanted, you know, I wanted to experience kids. I did feel like that's um, one of the things I needed to do with my life. And so I'm happy I did that. No regrets at all, even though I was facing challenges at the mm-hmm. time and things I was really questioning about my own sexuality. Um, I wanted a family, so I think that blessing is awesome. And then career-wise, I've gotten to check off a lot of those boxes, you know, uh, things I never dreamed. I never dreamed I would be at CMT of all places. So um, I'm just really thrilled over all those all those things. But I think, going back to the question, it's really about balance to mm-hmm. me. Like a successful life is about having not just one thing, but the things that you want the most and that you're called. You talked about that earlier, like a, you were called to sort of be mm-hmm. things you feel like you're called to be. And I feel like sometimes in my life I was called to be a Mormon missionary. We talked oh, about I that. Oh, I forgot about that. On yes. the first podcast we talked about that. You were a Mormon missionary. Yeah. Yes. And, and other parts of my life I was I feel like I was called to be a dad. And other parts of my life I feel like I was called to be a radio guy or a TV guy or be a better interviewer or whatever it was. I feel like there have been um, various like little you know stages, mm-hmm. um, and you know that balance of having all that sort of again it's like a circus. It's like that that um, kaleidoscope of colors in your life of all different shades from different things you've done. I think that's, I think that's a pretty good life. I think that's success, at least for me. So following your calling when you're feeling called mm-hmm. and letting it even lead you to different mm-hmm. chapters of your life. Not to get too personal, but did you feel like the mother thing was something that 
you were called to do? Like I always felt like I wanted to be a mother, but I have been really afraid of it for yeah. a long time. Like, like I told you earlier, my biggest fear in life is like that I'm not good enough, mm-hmm. that I'm not worthy, or that I'll be forgotten. So I know it's true because it makes me cry. And so that's like the lie I tell myself, you know? And so like for whatever reason, I was scared. Like if I had a kid, I would lose myself or that I'm not going to be a good enough mother or that somehow I'm just not equipped to handle this very important role. And so I feel like for the longest time, I just like was afraid of it. I was so afraid of it, even though I knew I wanted to be a mother so badly. I was just like, I, I, it was so terrifying to me. And how'd you get over it? How did you get to the point where it's like, okay, I'm at peace with becoming a mother? I think it was a couple things. I think the first things were sort of like you have said, even though Mm -hmm. I still struggle with comparison and feeling left behind, I've gotten so much better at that. And I know that's Mm -hmm. a lie. Like I know that's not the truth anymore. And I have achieved enough things in my life to where I feel validated. Like I'm like, okay, yes, I still have a lot of things I want to accomplish, but I feel very proud of what I've been able to do and accomplish in the life I've built. Yeah. And so I think that that has given me some peace. That's like, okay, you set your mind to stuff and you did it. So that was like, that was freeing yeah. to me in that way. And then also I hit 35 and I was like, <laughs> I don't have any more time yeah. to be scared of this. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like I've reached the end of my budding fear lead right. because here I am at 35 and you know, there's a window yeah. of, being able to get pregnant and carry a baby. And we struggled for like a year. We struggled. We had a miscarriage and a chemical pregnancy. And like, honestly though, as tough as that journey was, and it was so emotional and like really painful to miscarry and all that, like emotionally painful. Um, it like you, it's kind of how we talked about other things. It gave me such an appreciation for the privilege to carry life and the privilege to, get to be a mother and I they opened my world up to all the struggles that so many yeah. women and men go through that can't become parents and that have lost. And it's just like, I am sad that I had to experience it, but I'm so grateful that I know mm-hmm. the depth of all these feelings because it is so it's, I'm so lucky that I get to have this experience yeah. and you know, everyone's journey is different and whatever path ends up, someone ends up going down and God leads them on or whatever is meant for them, even if you can't have kids or whatever. But it's just like, I'm glad that I know this deep feeling and this deep appreciation. Well, you'll be an amazing mother and I'm so happy for you. It'll be awesome. Thanks, Cody. And yeah, I can't wait now. You got me excited. (laughs) I didn't know you were so close. Yeah, it's going to be soon. Yeah. It's going to be a little girl. Okay, so I wrap up every podcast with the Leave Your Light. Okay. Um, so just drop some hard inspo, not that you haven't done it this whole time <laughs> on what you want people to know. Mm, oh, wow. That's a, like a loaded last yeah. way to end this. It, Cause it can go anywhere you want it <laughs> to go. And it's just like sum up your, everything you've ever known about life and drop it on everyone. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that I tell my kids this, that every day you should be accomplishing something. I think that's really important for just the human experience of being able to, at the end of the day, know you did something. And even better if you can do something good for other people. And um, um, again, if that accomplishment is sort of like giving back, I think that's always you know plus, plus, plus mm-hmm. for that day. Um, but I think accomplishing something every day 
making yourself feel worthy in whatever way that accomplishment uh, to me it, accomplishment it means worthiness to some mm-hmm. degree it's almost equated mm-hmm. in my little world maybe it's not for everybody but i feel like i need to accomplish something every day to feel fulfilled um um and i think that uh, going back to what i said before like just living your and i hate to say living your best life it's very oprah but i will say like living this day live this moment um and enjoy those moments i i you know i don't go rushing through it so fast you can't take the time to enjoy the happiness um find you know joy in the journey whatever it is that you're doing and um i've learned to do that and i'm learning to push the pause button a little more often so I can kind of like stop and enjoy every second. So um, thank you for giving me the chance to be part of your podcast. This is awesome. Thank you for coming on my podcast and sharing your heart and soul. Oh, thank you. Well, and just being this bright light to the world and everything that you do. You're awesome. You're thank such you. an amazing person. And I am very lucky to know you. I'm, it's great to know you. And um, I can't wait to buy some clothes for this baby. <laughs> do we know if it's a boy or girl? It's a girl. Oh, girl. Okay, it's wow. a little girl. Wow. Okay. All right. I'm going shopping. Okay. Cody Allen, you're the best. Thank Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your new home journey starts at Fisher Homes, where everything is red, white, and new. Explore exclusive summer savings and start your journey by selecting your ideal home site and your dream community. Choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans and bring your style to life at the Lifestyle Design Center. Are you looking for a quick move-in ready home instead? Fisher Homes has options for those, too. Fill out a form to connect with a new home advisor at fisherhomes.com to get started today before the sun sets on summer savings. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.